0: Hi, everyone. Wow. Uh, hello, my name is Luke Thomas. I am from CBS Sports and from Showtime. It is currently 12.52 a.m. on the 10th of October. Yes, uh, it is technically a Sunday here on the East Coast of the United States. And Fury vs. Wilder 3 <laughs> is in the books. Um, that was incredible. That was I don't even know really what to say about that. I have, actually I have a lot to say, but I don't even know where to start because that was epic. That was incredible. That was way more than I was expecting. I think that was a, way more than most people were expecting. I'm going to go ahead and say of the three fights that we had that between Wilder and Fury, that was the best one by far. Okay, first things first. Give a thumbs up to the video, please. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, I do a show with my co-host, Brian Campbell, who's currently at the CBS Sports headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, He's going to be tackling the CBS Sports HQ duties, but we're going to do a show. Uh, We always do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. in the East, where we just talk about everything that happened over the weekend. But for right now, I'm going to cover you for immediate reaction as it relates to this epic, epic, epic boxing contest between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Please subscribe. We are uh, a Showtime show, we cover combat sports. We're happy to have you, we cover boxing and MMA. It's good stuff. So hit that subscribe button. And last but not least, I'm assuming if you're watching this, you don't want spoilers, you might be like, oh Luke, the, no one wants, no one here is for the spoilers, right? You would imagine that would be true, but people routinely are here for the spoilers. So with that in mind, let's do this. I'm gonna start this program and when, we will, when I do, uh, we're gonna get into the results, okay? All right, so with that in mind, Let's get this party started. Alright, and here we are. I'm going to turn off the subscribe button. Okay, so first things first. I usually like to start with the scorecards. Now, we don't have the actual scorecards in the sense of a completed card because uh, Tyson Fury won via stoppage. In the eleventh round, it was the third time he had knocked Deontay Wilder down in the fight, and uh, Russell Mora, the referee, who by the way refereed, refereed the Navarrete fight in the rematch—sorry, it wasn't—it wasn't a rematch for Navarrete. Navarrete was like the feature fight on the card, but in the rematch between Wilder and Fury on that card, Russell Mora had a stoppage, so he um, was a good choice for this one, especially given that Malik Scott and, his, and the team behind Wilder said they weren't going to throw the towel and blah blah blah. Okay, it's an 11th round stoppage. We actually do have though, what the scorecards were at at the time of the stoppage. I think I retweeted it, yes I did. So I've actually not looked at these numbers myself. Let's see where they had it. Judge Dave Moretti had it at the time, so we're only through 10 rounds, right? You, There was no score recorded in the 11th and obviously there was no 12th round. Judge Dave Moretti had the fight uh, 95 to 91 leading into the 11th round in favor of Tyson Fury. Judge Tim Cheatham had the fight 94-92 heading into the 11th round in favor of Tyson Fury. And last but certainly not least, Steve Weisfeld had the fight 95-92 heading into the uh, 11th round for Tyson Fury. So Tyson Fury was up on all three judges' scorecards, which to me made sense. You had Larry Hazard doing some ringside scoring that I thought was a little bit... Little bit off, but basically you get the idea. The first round, we'll talk about just a second. Scoring for it went 10-9 to uh, Wilder. And then round two, most of the judges had it for Fury, though not all. Then there was the 10-7 round. Actually, there was a 10-8 round in the third because Fury got the knockdown. There was a 10-7 in the fourth because Wilder got two knockdowns. Um, And then he may have won the fifth. That one's a little bit up in the air depending on who recorded the scorecard. But from the sixth on, basically Fury won every one of those rounds except on, uh, t- excuse me, on Tim Cheatham's card he gave that round, round nine, to Deontay Wilder, which I don't quite understand. But okay, so there's your scoring as it would have been had there not been a stoppage. Uh, the timing of the excuse me, they're calling it KO, eleventh round, one ten of the eleventh round. First of all, um, that is. That's the best heavyweight fight I've seen personally, like sat down to watch. I don't even know. Um, I can't remember the last time I saw a heavyweight fight that good. A heavyweight boxing fight, I cannot remember. I cannot recall how I felt like this the last time when there was heavyweights fighting. I can recall the last time I felt like this over a boxing or any kind of combat sports fight where I felt like this, but for a heavyweight contest, this is unusual. I had people writing saying, "Maybe Lewis versus Vitali, maybe um, Evander and Bo, That's that's a that's a deep cut." You had the commentator Brian Kenny calling it the Gotti Ward of the heavyweights, maybe. Um, you have a situation where what about AJ versus Klitschko from not too long ago, like I think six or seven years ago, something like that, somewhere around that. Um, yeah, I didn't watch that one live because I was on vacation at the time. I watched it after the fact. But yes, that would qualify too. I don't know that where this ranks exactly in the pantheon of great heavyweight fights, even in the last 10 to 15 years. But wherever it is, certainly for the last 10 or 15 years, it's at or near the top. That was excellent. Five knockdowns in a heavyweight fight, and you got a finish, and it was thrilling, and it went with undulating changes. I mean, there was a little bit of stability towards the end of that fight. But through the first five, for the, the front half of that fight was fucking bananas. Absolutely insane, incredible, up and down, drama like you couldn't believe. The the odds were certainly close in the fight. I will tell you in the run-up, I thought that um, I thought that Wilder didn't have much of a chance. And when he got dropped in the third i thought okay right so here we go because remember in the second fight he got dropped into the third and then the fifth and then ultimately didn't make it out of the seventh now that was a call from mark Breland, but you get the idea um so i thought after that third round knockdown okay this is this is going to be it this is this is where it's going to go and then for him to turn around and get not one, but two knockdowns, dude. And I did not know if Tyson Fury was gonna make it out of that round. I really didn't. I was like, dude, he's in trouble. Fucking Deontay Wilder doesn't just have power. He has historically significant power. He is among all you can count on a single hand. They had a graphic on the broadcast, but we talked about this on Morning Combat last week. He is up there with some of the hardest punchers ever. He doesn't have that Julian Jackson type power. Julian Jackson was a much bigger, excuse me, smaller weight class. But when Julian Jackson threw anything, it landed with this sort of absurd power. Wilder doesn't exactly have that. Like His jab doesn't really do that. But his right hand... <laughs> dude, you can't take any chances with that thing. And if you do, my lord, he is a car crash just wrapped in a fist with that thing. Sledgehammer, dude. I, I, that is just... It can change the game in an in instant. Dude, how many times have you seen a thrilling heavyweight fight where a guy suffers a 10-7 round and then ultimately ends up winning that bitch via stoppage on the back half of it. Dude, what the fuck That was incredible with the drama. That was incredible with the up and down. And I have to tell you, here's why I think it ended up being the best of the three. The first fight was very competitive and it was back and forth, but Tyson was doing a lot of dancing. He weighed in for that fight for 256 and a half pounds. He was light on his feet. He was sticking and moving. Um, and it was a good strategy, but obviously we know you know he, he he didn't like this. He didn't like that stick and move style for the American judges, and he went to as we know the Kronk style and uh, changed trainers and uh, had a much more in your face style, and he, and he beat Deontay the second time. What I mean to say is, I wonder about the preparation for Tyson in this fight. Not taking anything away from Wilder. In fact, I want to say something about Wilder in just a second. That's very very positive, but it did look to me like. Fury had regressed a little bit from the second fight, and Wilder had upped his game a little bit from the second fight. And so, from the second fight, they may have been like this. Now they got like this. They got a little bit closer, actually a fair amount closer to each other. I mean, in that fourth round, Tyson Fury was in, I mean, serious jeopardy. But because there was the step up and then seemingly a step down, it ended up creating just a much more competitive fight where fury could not get this guy out of there had to get off the canvas himself had to rally and had to find a different way of winning than the two previous fights the first fight was again stick and move get off the canvas of the 12th and then he really put it on he put Deontay on his heels in the um, the end of that 12th in the second round it was obviously as we saw double jab from far outside hit him with the with the cross catch him as he exits um, with, with switching stances, which by the way, a lot of those weapons, which we'll talk about in just a second, they were brought over into this contest um, and uh, you saw some of that here, you saw some of the same weapons, whatever this time he had a lot of long range weapons he did catch him exiting Lennox Lewis, the commentator Lennox Lewis, the commentator noting that even Wilder at the very end there was just circling into the power of Fury, although in, uh, that wasn't by itself the reason where he lost in that in the in the eleventh round late, but um, this one was in the clinch. There were so and there were, there was a lot of clinching last time too, but there was a lot of heavy clinching, pre- especially the last like from rounds seven, eight, nine, ten, and obviously in the eleventh. Even through rounds eight to the, it was a lot of fury backing Wilder up into the ropes, leaning on him, overhooking, underhooking. Wrapping and collar tying and pulling, and then, you know, almost setting up guillotine chokes, like really sort of going for it. Getting warned, by the way, repeatedly by the referee, Russell Mora, for potential headlocks. Again, you might be saying some of that's dirty, some of that you're not supposed to do. By the way, when he grabs like this and then fires the punch across underneath, he did that in the second fight over and over again, too. So that was something he took. From the second fight into the third, uh, had a little bit more of a pronounced effect the second time, not, or the second fight versus the third, but nevertheless one of the one of the things he brought along. But he had to constantly wear on this guy, and and Deontay Wilder, man, dude, can you say with a straight face he could have given more? I know what the argument tends to be. It tends to be, well, from a tactical standpoint, why weren't there some of these choices made? Or could he have uh, avoided bulking up whatever extra he may have bulked? I know the weigh-in was 231 to 238 from the second to the third fight, but however much lean muscle mass he added, he looked visibly fucking huge. I mean, remember, he was like, what, two 212, like 215, maybe 217 at the most for the first fight? I mean, he, he was significantly larger, and it showed, and I think it really wore on him in the back half of that fight, but, 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 can you say with a straight face, he could have given more? Absolutely, you cannot. On the night, once he walked to the ring and once he entered the ropes, was there more in terms of effort that he could have given? Absolutely not. Not at all, not even a little bit. He asked to go out on his shield, uh, which is what he felt like his old trainer, Mark Breland, had denied him. Well, you got it this time. Um, don't know if that's exactly how he envisioned it, but whatever the case, you wanted it. Well, Tyson Fury served it up. But I will say, in terms of what he could reasonably do tonight, he did everything he could reasonably do and then another and then another. Dude, I, you ever, <laughs> If you've ever lived in New York City, you ever seen those heroin addicts You know, where they're in the park and they'll kind of do the heroin and they kind of just lean and you always think they're going to fall over and they never fall over? You know, maybe that's a sort of a crude way of comparing things. But, dude, I, there was like 100,000 times I thought that Deontay Wilder was going to fall over. And, and and he just refused over and over and over again in the back half of that. Dude, that guy gave everything he had tonight. He gave a piece of himself tonight. And, frankly, maybe the best thing that you can say for him because he he did not win is that the guy who did win, boy, he had to earn it. He had to earn it. He had to earn it much more than he ever earned it in the first fight. Even with that knockdown in the first fight, he had to earn it much more. Certainly much more than he ever did in the second one. That was a walk in the park. He had to earn it this time. Even when he was in command in the back half, There was just he, Wilder was stubbornly refusing to give him the glorious win... Of stoppage that he so he desperately wanted, right? And again, he, eventually he, he did succumb, but he was he, he just seemed like, I know I can't win, and he did throw punches back, but it, what what a will, what resilience. I, again, I wouldn't recommend doing that kind of fighting very often, because it's not good for your health, but in terms of showing, I think, the kind of character that you would want someone to show uh, in a in a battle this significant for the division for bragging rights for your legacy for any number of things he couldn't have possibly done more it's just utterly insane to demand that now i want to talk about some of the weapons that they brought and i have notes on each of the rounds we're going to go through them here in just a second and by the way if you note on twitter uh, i'm at l thomas news i put up a um a tweet where i ask for your questions if you if you Reply there. I will uh, get to them at the end of the show. Make sure everything is uh, looking like it's supposed to. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, All right. So let's talk about the weapons they used. First, what did Wilder do different? So he came out in that first round and for like two minutes, if not almost the entirety of the round, he just jabbed to the body. Dude, Malik Scott told everybody who would listen they were going to jab to the body over and over again. So that wasn't a surprise. But... It, the amount he did it, and like, dude, he went right to work. He took center of the ring, and boom, he went right after it, dude. He was trying to send a message pretty clearly, and it was message received. Tyson Fury kind of gave that round away smartly, in my view. Like, I, you know, he he didn't know exactly what kind of Wilder he was getting here. He didn't know exactly what he could expect from the whole thing, and so he kind of took the round off. But Wilder didn't. He stayed on him. I don't know how. I I'm, I'm waiting for CompuBox. Did they post the numbers yet? Let's see. I'm waiting for them to uh, post the numbers so we can see. Because they posted the other ones for the other fights. Let's see. Here we go. Yes, they got punch totals now. Oh, here we go. Great. We got round by round totals. Excellent. All right, I'm going to retweet this. This is great. Okay. Uh, they have body, bodies, jabs, power, total. Punch. Okay. Uh, Fury landed 150 punches, Wilder 72. 72. Okay, weapons that they used. So you had this body jabs over and over again. They've credited both fighters with only landing eight punches in the first, but it did feel like Wilder did more significant and better work. In fact, by the time that Wilder excuse me, by the time that Fury went back to his corner uh, after the first round, he was visibly oops, here we go. He was visibly um, pink in the middle. Right, I'm just getting touched over and over again. Okay, so I did notice something, although right away in the first round, something from Fury. He was doing this kind of jousting jab. Sometimes he would jab and then step, right? You would see that, so the common jab, and then sometimes the the jab would almost lead the step so that once it's extended, then there's a second step behind it, and you use it almost like a battering ram or a joust to get inside when the guard was high of Wilder, so Wilder, so it would pierce through the guard, and then he could pull the guard down, go over the top, or you know, go to the body, or clinch, or whatever he wanted to do. But it was a sort of an effective way of sometimes driving the head back of Wilder, and then on top of it, you know, using things in close quarter contact. We talked about overhooking, collar tying, wrapping up the head, you know, moving him, pushing him, leaning on him, all the things he was doing. That, that that's a shortcut way to get there. Um, but the one twos after the fainting, they were having an effect, especially off the one kind of jousting jab. By round two, uh, that was a Fury round for me. Round one I gave to Wilder, round two I gave to Fury. You saw the first stance switch from Fury there. That was something he brought from a little bit of the first fight, but mostly the second fight. In the second fight, what you would notice he would do is he would stand, sometimes orthodox. He would pressure Wilder into the cage laterally, not, like, not from the hovering from the outside, but also from the rope line, which would force Wilder to the other rope line, right? Like He would make, he would make him walk the, the legs of the L, essentially, rather than the hypotenuse of the triangle, so to speak. And as he would walk the big leg, the vertical leg of the L, he would then switch stances to southpaw and then catch him on the exit. You see, um, sometimes some guys in MMA do that along the fence line in different ways that way they set it up. But Wilder, did, excuse me, Fury did it this time. That was a, that was something he took um, from previous encounters, in particular the second fight. They did a lot of exchanging of right hands. You also saw in the second round Fury beginning to parry some of those body shots. So one of the big stories of the fight was. A lot of early, good, aggressive work was done to the body by Deontay Wilder. So much so that I thought, again, he won the first round. You could maybe make a case that he won the second, depending on your scorecard. Did any of the judges have him winning the second? Yes. Um, yes, the, Tim Cheatham had uh, Wilder winning the second. Um, but he kind of got away from the jab work to the body. Even any body work at all. Sometimes he would throw right kind of behind the gloves. Even that he kind of got away from. And I had people writing to me being like, oh, well, he already slowed down Fury, it worked, he got away from it, but, but it doesn't work that way. I mean, if they're really slowed down, um, then maybe you could do that. And yes, you want to hurt them early so that they slow down later, but you kind of, ha- you don't have to, and you may have to, you can lower the frequency of them, but you don't want to abandon them altogether because part of also that is not just that they're tired, but now you can build feints behind that or you can even build attacks behind that And then you can go to the body much more readily. They'll they'll bring their defenses down, and then you can go up top because you can create a confusion of targets. You can change how you enter by using feints behind a body jab. Like, just using it to slow a guy down, and then he's slow, and you're like, oh, I don't need him anymore. No, you need him now for a secondary purpose. But he got away from that. So while they did, I think, have an effect in hurting a little bit, of Tyson Fury, they they were not sufficient. Um, they were they were just absent later on in the fight. But um, part of that was some of the distance management that was employed by Fury a little bit later, right? He was either all the way out or all the way in, and a lot of it. But there was when he wasn't, he got caught. Um, and um, anyway, that that was sort of a big point there. Okay, I gave that round to Fury. Round three, you, we had Wilder mounting an effort, but was missing a lot. I noticed that like he was swinging big and you know he was putting he was putting in the work in terms of trying he was not sitting back he was not waiting for fury to start doing the head movement and the feinting and then the stepping and then the all the stuff he he didn't wait for that he kind of got busy but it, it it wasn't all that successful with the landing and that's when you really begin to see fury do that jousting jab where it's it's almost extended before it even lands fully so that you can ram it straight through it was kind of a weird thing he was doing and Wilder goes down in that round. Um, he was getting outboxed, basically. I'm looking at the numbers here. Pull them up from CompuBox in round three. Fury doubled his output. He he ran well, he almost tripled it in the second round, eleven to four, and then he had eighteen to nine in the third round. Um, yeah, he got a good shot there. I'm looking at the overall power jabs too here. Sorry, I got a little lost in the data. But that's where Wilder goes down. So he gets dropped, and I'm thinking, okay. All right, see, this is where not absorbing the lessons from the second fight really began to manifest themselves. This is where I thought the train was coming off the tracks. But then we get to round four. I forget exactly how he got dropped in this one, candidly. I have to go back and look at my notes. But um, in round four, Fury... I, I was thinking it was just gonna to cruise to victory and this is where you can tell he began to get cocky so here is how he got dropped the first time second time I think he was just still kind of hurt but the first one is the more telling one he basically had his hands up in this range if you get your hands up in this range it's that sort of middle space range where you're not too far out you're not too far in and you might be looking to jab jab counter that kind of a thing where you're just kind of you're ready to catch and shoot maybe in a, in, a, in a sort of a more moderate range. But he, he just sort of walked... Dude, Deontay Wilder just put his hand up in front of him on top of the gloves, measuring him with the jab, and then just uncorked the right. And Tyson Fury just came in on a straight line and ate it. Dude, that is something he would have never done in the second bout. In the second bout, he was the one using stiff arms. He was the one... Uh, who was getting the stiff arm and then the lean behind it? He was the one that was getting Wilder to drop his hands before he came in, dude. He, dude t- this is how I knew Tested Fury was like off a little bit, even though he had gotten the third round uh, knockdown. He literally let Wilder measure him. Now, Wilder will sometimes measure, well, he'll take that second, he'll take the the, the double step where he'll be like this and he'll kind of skip step while he has the hand out a little bit and then he'll drop it right before he begins to finally plant and then, and then throw. There, you can sometimes see that, but never have I seen him just on top of the glove while they're just measuring Fury. I mean, dude, that's like... That's academic if you do that, like just holding your hand up there. A, if I do this, you can't see, right? That's the first problem, you can't see. And the second problem is I know exactly where you are and I know exactly how far away you are. Kaboom. And then Fury stepped into it. Uh, That was an uncharacteristic, unforced error that we did not see the second time around. And it wasn't like it was some genius tactic from Wilder. I don't blame him for doing it. It was smart in the sense that like, Your opponent is letting you, if they're letting you, just do it. And he did, and he scored, and like, it's all perfectly legitimate. But we didn't see a trace of that in, uh, I think my kid woke up. We didn't see a trace of that in the second fight. None whatsoever. And so he gets dropped. And when then he gets dropped, he was so hurt and so wobbly, he could barely... Uh, function and was getting teed off on it. You could tell, like what well, Tyson Fury is kind of floating in space, and you could—he was doing a little bit of shoulder rolling and then making the U, but not really. At, when, you, when you when his feet are planted, he'll do a little bit of this. But even then, that's usually along the ropes. He's usually got good vision when he's covering up and then not moving, dude. He has to be very hurt. And that's exactly what you had there. A lot with that. So that was easily the best round by Deontay Wilder, by virtue of. Uh, An unforced error, and then Deontay Wilder having just otherworldly kinds of power, and he got him. So we go to round five. This, to me, is where the fight begins to turn. Now, if you want to score round five for Wilder, I don't think that's a problem. But to me, I don't think the fight really ever changed, for the most part, for the most part, from here. You had good one-two step-ins from far away. By Tyson Fury, right? He would sort of be out of punching range and then come in with a one-two, sometimes jousting with a jab, sometimes not. Wilder did land rights as he was backed up, but this is where you really begin to see what Fury's ultimate strategy was. I'm going to let that extra bulk cost him. All that leaning and pulling and pushing and grabbing, I'm going to keep on it, and it's already beginning to pay dividends. Um, And to me, there wasn't a ton of activity in the round. I think it was a big recovery round with how much clinching had happened again, according to CompuBox's early stats in round five. The same rounds, uh, same stats as round two. They have it eleven to four in terms of total punches landed, um, Fury to Wilder. But still, a bit of a recovery round. I think I gave that round to Tyson Fury. Although, let's see, did the judges who they give round five to uh, Wilder and Wilder and one to Fury? So they were kind of all over the place on that one. Um, Okay, so then we go to round six, and this is for sure where Tyson Fury begins to take over. This is where he wins virtually all the cards for all of the judges thereafter. So Wilder at this point has completely given up the body work. They're doing a ton of clinching, and Fury is laying all over him. And he was landing big shots, but you could still see with the right hand, but you could still see Wilder responding still. But this is also where you begin to see some of the uppercuts from Fury and then really pushing Wilder, not just to the ropes, but then leaning backwards like this all the way through, right? But so I guess what I'm pointing out is this is where the game plan really becomes uh, set in motion. We're going to stand far enough away from this guy. He's given up the body work. We're not going to let him have the body work to begin with. We're going to stand far enough away and parry if he tries. We're going to feint and double jab our way in, and when we do, we're going to throw the right hand behind it. When we do, if it doesn't land, or even if it does, we're going to clinch, we're going to pull, we're going to push, we're going to try it again, we're going to push him back, we're going to cover, and then we're going to make sure he's against the ropes. And they did this over and over again, or they would push him in the corners, and then they would try to land... You know, you would see Fury like softly touch, 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 and then try and go for a big one, and then so he's changing up rhythm, he's changing up location, he's changing up speed, he's changing up look. Um, You saw, you saw a lot of that. I gave that round to round six to Tyson Fury. Round seven, um, Wilder on the ropes early, eating one twos over and over again. Wilder looking visibly tired. Again, this is the part of the fight where I'm like. Dude, this guy, when is he gonna fall over? I thought for sure it was gonna be imminent, and it just never was. And he's becoming a lot more predictable. The 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 you know, when when fury when Wilder's in trouble or tired, he's it's a lot of the jab cross. It's a lot of the overhand right, it's a lot of the skip jab cross. You know what I mean? Like it's just a one-two, maybe set up slightly differently, but just a one-two early in their fight. You could see both guys going for check-left hooks. Especially from Fury to Wilder when he was level changing and going to the body. But since he got away from that, Fury got away from that too. Um, extra leaning on Wilder from this one. You had Lennox Lewis saying Fury is smothering him, himself along the ropes because he would be called ba bah. And Fury would, excuse me, Wilder would fall against the ropes and then you would see Fury kind of get on top of him a little bit rather than giving himself enough space to keep going. But I think he was partly tired. He may have still been hurt. I think he just wanted to make sure he could just keep draining this guy. I don't know that he was looking for the finish in round seven, I guess is the point. I I think he was looking to win. And if the opportunity presented itself, he would take it. But he was just as happy with banking around of just draining this guy, draining this guy, draining this guy, and then securing it something later. Again, I think a lot of this, I even tweeted this. I'm not going to say it was as intent as... Ali's rope a dope, but there were rope a dope elements to it which was I think he knew with that bulk, that extra bulk that Wilder had, there was going to be a big press early, especially when he's coming out jab into the body, jab into the body, jab into the body. Right? He knew that there was going to be a big push early because Wilder wanted to set the tone. Fair enough, set the tone. But then on the back half, that's when Fury is going to set the tone and that's when all of this um, began to get in motion. He was eating hard right hands over and over again round 7 by the way. Um, for round seven, CompuBox has 16 to 8 Fury to Wilder in terms of shots absorbed. Round eight, dude, Wilder's just taking a beating. He, this is the point where Lennox Lewis notes that Wilder is circling into the the, the power hand. He's circling to his left into the right of Wilder, excuse me, of Fury. Wilder keeps getting trapped in the corners over and over again. Fury's landing hard rights, and uh, he looked slow a little bit too, I thought, by the eighth round. Um, but you know, he's winning these rounds all the same way around nine while there's trying to jab, but Fury is pushing it back to the ropes almost immediately at this point and just lived on there. How he lasted. I don't know. Now F- round 10 is where the beginning of the end starts to happen, right? Fury was picking up where he left off, steps in with one twos over and over again. Um, Again, we're pressing into the ropes. We have right-hand counters a lot of times. You see Wilder throw his right, and you would see potentially a a slip, sometimes a lean from Fury, and then he would come over the top with his own punch on the same side, so this would be a left-hand counter. Um, And uh, Wilder went down again this time, and how did he go down in this round? Well, he just completely overextended on a right, and he doesn't have his legs or balance underneath him. Wilder... uh, excuse me fury i think either slipped it or pulled it one way or the other i don't think he rolled underneath it although he may have done that too but in either case he was able to just land his own right on on wilder who at this point the punch was clean the and accurate but it wasn't super hard it just didn't need to be because Wilder is already exhausted and he's off balance he had thrown himself off balance by just sort of like winging a punch again This is where going back to the body jab. Yeah, you can slow the guy down early. you got to stay on that technique. He got away from it, so he had to resort to his old offense. Well, the old offense is a little bit more one-note. It's a little bit more predictable. Fury's got a lot of experience with it, so he gets out of the way of it. And Wilder sets it up in the wrong range and in the wrong uh, timing, essentially, and uh, gets counter for it and takes canvas. Now, he gets up. And he actually rung Fury's bell a little bit at the end of that round. Fury got a little bit overconfident getting in his face. But then after that, round 11 is basically where the story closes. At this point, Fury gets right in his face over and over. Devastating punches all along the rope line. always uh on the, uh, what you call it, on the um, corners. And uh, let me see. I think I retweeted the finish, if it's still up. Let's see. Oh, I may have missed it. Let's see, Complex. I think might have it. Usually they have it. Sorry, I know it's a random thing to note on the bit of the brog- on this uh, broadcast here. Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they don't have that one. They don't have the final one. I guess they still want to sell um, pay-per-view buys after the fact. Let's see. Yeah, it's the right hand over the top he catches uh, Wilder with in the previous round, round 10. Anyway, he just absolutely cracks Wilder clean, I think, with a right hand in uh, round 11. And he just goes crumbling to the mat. Mora, I don't think, read him the 10 count. He just waved it at that point. Dude, this is what I'm talking about. The guy should have been down um, many times before that. And it took until the 10th and ultimately the 11th to finally seal it. But that's essentially about how this fight went down in the most basic detail. Again, I'm sort of dealing live with the fact that we don't have full uh, and complete data. By the way, CompuBox has round 11, 11 to 2, and then rounds 10, 19 to 5. In favor of Woodley, excuse me, what what am I saying? Woodley, uh, Fury over Wilder. By the way, total punches landed. uh, Fury threw 385 and landed 150 for 39%. 355 thrown by Deontay, but just 72 landing jabs, 36 to 9 For Fury versus Wilder. And then power at 114 to 63 in terms of total punches landed Fury to Wilder. But again, obviously Wilder's punches are going to be a lot harder um, than Tyson Fury's. So, how do we understand what happened with Deontay Wilder aside from just the effort equation? Here is what ultimately he was up against. If you wanted to drop Mark Breland because you felt like in the same way, who was it? Um, ben Davison was the first trainer for Fury in the first fight, and then he switched to Kronk. And um, if you if you wanted to do that because you thought there was like a real, like we, we got to switch things up here, I, I don't mind that. Blaming Breland for throwing the towel when you were taking, like, just an epic beating. You know, you got what you wanted, I guess, this time. So, I mean, really, this is what this third fight was about, right? Because it it wasn't going to happen. Wilder forces the issue and arbitration wins. Makes the fight happen. No one really wanted to see it. There wasn't, like, a huge clamoring for it. He wanted his chance for the second fight to go a different way through the third fight, if that makes sense. But the reason why he ultimately couldn't get it done is like, if you want to switch to Malik Scott, I thought Malik Scott did a lot of good for Deontay Wilder, I really did. But dude, ultimately, the gap was simply too wide. If you are 35 years of age and the differential showed itself to be what it was in the second fight, assuming you have a reasonably similar Tyson Fury. And I thought this one wasn't as good as the second one, but you know, it was reasonably similar. It's going to take pretty close to an epic miracle or you know something along those lines. To win, like to to develop the difference in skill that they showed in the second fight, you need more than 20 months. You might need 20 years. Like 20 months is is insufficient. But what you can do in 20 months is certainly you can clean up some things for sure. And you can change your body in terms of body composition and uh, lots of things. Some of those might be advisable. Some of them might not be. I tend to think the bulk didn't do him a ton of good in this one. He could last a little bit longer with the wrestling. You even saw him taking, when I say wrestling, I don't mean obviously professional or even MMA. I just mean, you know, those clinch positions, some of that is wrestling. In fact, you saw Deontay Wilder take a knee a couple times because he didn't want Fury putting his weight on him. Uh, not, not during the fight because he was hurt and it didn't count as knockdowns, but just to alleviate the pressure on him. But the point being is this. You can clean up some things. I thought some things were cleaned up. And you can add new tactical elements to achievable strategies, but you really can't, you can't fix gaping differentials in skill. You can make an incremental bump, a real one. And again, in a game of inches, an incremental bump, if the fight is close enough, is all you need. Against a force that overwhelming, it's simply not enough. So I credit Wilder with, um, he clearly trained hard for this fight. He clearly added some new tactical dimensions. And I don't think that the bulk serviced him all that much, but he made a good faith attempt of it, and he went 11 rounds. He put in a much better showing in certain ways than even the first fight, not merely by virtue of dropping... Fury, although that's certainly the biggest one, but just the, the 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 desire to take command of the fight, at least early or trying to early. I know he got dropped. Himself in the third, but you're just asking too much. This is what I mean when I say like, could you have asked Deontay Wilder to do more? Again, you know, uh, if you ask me personally to go in there and do something, I'm not going to be able to do it. If you ask Lomachenko or you ask a real boxer, they're going to be able to do it, and it doesn't matter if I have 20 months to try. This, it's too much of a difference. That's an exaggerated. Example, but I'm just sort of pointing out. I I make this all the time for my MMA broadcast and the MMA fans. I'm always they're always like, "Oh well, X went to go train with Y, and Y is really good at something." It's like, "Well, dude, you can go run with Usain Bolt, and you can train with him for five years. It'll get you a lot faster than you are. But you know, you're not going to get on the Olympic team from that. You got to do a lot more um, than that." So. It's, it, and it's just not achievable in that time scale, especially at, for an advanced athlete at 35, where the only kinds of gains you can make um, beyond body composition are fairly minimal. I mean, they can be again, they're significant if your opponent is pretty equal to you. Any any little improvement will go a long way. You saw pretty big improvements, I think, all things being equal, relatively speaking, from Deontay Wilder. But even with those improvements, and even with Tyson Fury, perhaps. Fury, excuse me, off a step or two. The gap was still too wide. You know, first half of that fight, bonkers. Second half of that fight, fun and interesting, and thrilling in certain ways. uh, To be clear, but it it was the Tyson Fury show from the sixth round on, basically. And it was because once it got back, once it was back to what are your, you know, once both guys have been dropped, both guys are a little tired, both guys are a little hurt, both guys are have had some good rounds, they've had some bad rounds. Once that's all over and all that new strategy you were trying to put in doesn't really work anymore or whatever, and you're just kind of reduced back to your more or less, these are high-level professionals, but your basic boxing ability, once it got back to that, Fury couldn't basically lose unless he just made a cataclysmic error. right? Once all that extra stuff was boiled out of the fight and you just got down to who they were and what they represented and how much they actually had as a sort of go-to level amount of skill, um, Tyson Fury was just much better. He was much better. What a win for him. He retains his WBC title, um, the lineal title, whatever you want to say. He, he kept it for whatever that is worth. Um, and the question, of course, is what comes next? WBC has ordered that I think the winner of this fight – has to either fight the winner of Usyk and joshua 2 or has to fight i think dillian white versus the winner of dillian white versus Otto valine something like that let me double check that i don't want to get that completely wrong here on the broadcast i'm going to put this on what did the i was the wbc that ordered it or ibf that ordered something similar let's see um I will have to find it, but I believe that is. Oh, here we go. Yes, WBC rules that Fury Wilder three winner must face Alexander Usyk. Sorry, not even Anthony Joshua, but Alexander Usyk or the White uh, Dillian White versus Otto Valine winner next. So you might be asking, what happens to Fury and Joshua? I don't know. I obviously Joshua today and his team uh, kicked into gear. They they. Triggered the rematch clause that they had with Usyk. So we're going to get that. And again, I guess Fury, if he wants to keep this belt, I guess he could always give it away. If he wants to keep this belt, would have to fight uh, Usyk or Dillian White or Otto Valian Valina, as you know, he's already fought before. One of the more interesting fights of Tyson Fury's career for certain reasons, but you get the idea. Um, Actually, hold on. Tyson Fury. Let's pull this up here real quick. Uh, just to double check something here let's see here yeah yeah he's beaten Chizora twice but he's not fought Dillian White okay Um, and there we are what a fight that's the best heavyweight fight I've seen in a long time that's easily fight of the year in boxing that's um, I think I think Fury proved that even not necessarily on his best day, I think that's the best heavyweight in boxing on the planet Earth. I definitely think he beats Joshua. I think he beats Usyk. Obviously, Wilder, he's had three fights against. He won two of them, um, well, more or less convincingly, and then the third one you can argue that he should have gotten, but whatever the case. Um, I don't think he'd lose to Andy Ruiz. You know, These are all just my opinions, but that's sort of where I put him. I think he's easily the best. Heavyweight in the planet. I don't know where Wilder goes from here though. Wilder, I think, did himself a lot of favors in terms of, you know, he I don't really think he ever reconciled with what happened in the second fight, but he did recommit himself to be more than he was in the second fight. He didn't think that he could just do the exact same things and the circumstances would work out. He did realize that he needed more. There was there was there's a difference that needed to be there. And he explored that, I think, as much as he. Humanly could given the conditions but at 35 years of age with now this loss and this is you know in terms of the punishment he took dude Tyson Fury dished out a lot of punishment on Deontay water. We've keep talking about the fact that the guy didn't fall over for like nine fucking rounds and we thought he was It's because he was eating bombs a lot. So, um, you know, credit to him for doing that. But, you know, there's a question of how fast he'll recover. Does he even want to? He had flirted with the idea of retirement prior to this contest. It puts him in a weird space where I think he can still be in big fights. I think he has elevated his name. But, dude, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder tremendously elevated their names through this rivalry, especially now that it has crescendoed in the way that it has with this third fight being the best of the three. Um, they've truly elevated themselves in terms of global sports fandom, in terms of what the fights mean for the heavyweight division in terms of, I think, how people view them. But at the same time, it's hard to know exactly where Wilder would want to go from here. They could, they're could, they both PBC guys, so you could potentially do a Wilder-Andy Ruiz fight, maybe. Um, I suppose down the line, maybe there's ways. I'm not exactly sure the full state of Deontay's contract about what it would mean for potential crossover fights with some of the guys from Europe. I don't, I don't know how any of that works. I can only hope that we can find a way to get there closer But on this day, on October 9th, 2021, it seemed to me that Tyson Fury had to deal with real and in many ways unexpected adversity. But deal with it, he did. And I think that um, while no fighter is perfect, um, he's the guy to beat. That's the one. That's the guy. That's the top dog at heavyweight. No doubt about it in my mind. And... um, Maybe it's the Usyk fight all along, is the one that we needed. Usyk certainly did the job against Joshua, we can say that. I guess we'll have to see how the rematch goes. But um, what a character, singing after the whole fact and everything else. Um, Pretty amazing. All right, so do me a favor if you are so inclined, hit that subscribe button, and I'm going to answer your questions. All right. Oh, for my friend Gautham, Gautham Nagesh, who's a beast, used to live in D.C. I think he lives on the West Coast or something now. Anyway, he says, Barnburner played out according to the script, but man, it was so much better than we could have hoped for. We saw the absolute best of both fighters, and also their flaws exposed. Fury showed that deeper reservoir of willpower that only champions have. Couldn't have said it better myself. Totally agree. Uh, This person writes, I'm already seeing people saying best heavyweight boxing match ever. I don't know about that, but it's a good one. For some reason, when they're lunging into each other and circling, it looks very sloppy. Do you get what I mean? No, I don't. Do you think Fury wasn't consistently sharp? I I don't think he was. He he had extra gears. He showed a level of guts, and will, and skill, and just veteran and competitor savvy to make it um, uh, that back half of the fight what it was. But no, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think he was fully sharp. Was Wilder's strategy effective into the middle rounds? I think he got away from it in the middle rounds, candidly. And again, I think you can't, like, like, dude, Wilder's power, you can't fucking play games with it. And Fury played games with it. But that wasn't the same, per se, as Wilder, like, backing Fury down and then creating openings and and then blitzing him. Dude, one of the big knocks that's always been there on Wilder is he has a hard time creating openings, He's good at taking advantage of openings people present to him, but he has a hard time going to a, exchanging off from someone, and then if their defense is solid, getting that to slowly break down uh, and then work around it. He kind of just has to pressure a guy Sometimes work behind the jab a little bit to get someone to commit, and then he just bombs on them Or He just sort of overwhelms them with firepower, even through covered up covered up gloves like Berman Stavern or Brazil or something. Um, someone's like, "Hey, your stuff's awesome. How do we contribute? You want to contribute? Hit that subscribe button. That's how you contribute." Has Fury surpassed Canelo as the biggest star in the sport? No, I don't think they're 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 um, they don't do the same business. Believe it or not. But he's getting there. Wilder opens as a favorite over Joshua, right? I would... a Wilder. Mm. That's the one to make, isn't it? Because in the case of Joshua, he's clearly a better boxer than Wilder. But he's vulnerable. And in the case of Wilder, he's not the boxer Joshua is. But he can fucking thump, boy. He can thump. That's a great fight. (laughs) That's a great fight. Wilder versus Joshua, I guess I would pick Wilder, but I don't know. You know, because again, Joshua would box circles around him. Fury versus Usyk. I think Usyk, um, I, if Fury is the Fury from the second Wilder fight where he's really dialed in and he's putting, um, he's, put, he's trying to put Usyk on his heels, I think he wins. Wilder looked tired early. Do you think that extra weight played a part in this? I don't think there's any doubt it played an extra part in this. And I got to tell you, you know, we didn't really see his legs, and a lot of that is just sort of genetically the way he's built. A lot of that bulk looked like it came from his shoulders and back and chest, you know. And I get that it's part of the punching power, and that's what you need for the clinch. But, dude, you also need your legs under you. You need your balance under you. And I guess he doesn't want to, they don't want to play games with that bulk. But to be so top heavy, you create imbalances like that. You know, like, it was just, it's telling that the guy's showing you his bench press, which, by the way, none of those presses count, because he's got more, I mean, he should have called it a, he didn't show us any squats. My point is that you should have showed us some squats, but maybe they were squats with how much leg drive was on those bench presses. I mean, dude, your ass has to be on the mat, and if you're driving with your legs so your your ass comes all the way off the mat through the press, none of that counts. Okay, just putting, oh, look, you're being pedantic. No, that's that's how bench pressing works, but okay. Seeing as Fury got dropped twice and was obviously feeling the power, can we say the only thing Wilder could have done better was more cardio to come and prepare for the later rounds? Again, if you want to say that there was better ways he could have prepared, sure, but one, I'm sure he trained extremely hard for this. Uh, yes, there's of course critical criticisms to make of the preparation. Of course, of course. I, when I say could he have done more, I mean when he walked through the ropes. Once it, once it was all baked in and it was on that night what you were going to give, could you say... That, that Wilder could have given more I really don't think you can Should Fury fight an easy fight And stay active? I hope Is heavyweight boxing The lightweight division of the UFC? No, no This was over in the fourth He got two extra long paused counts I, need, I know Andre Ward was screaming about that I need to go and see that for myself I, I didn't really pay attention in real time what I think about Fury's footwork in the fight, in the back half, it was great. In the first half, it was a little bit lazy. Do you think Wilder's corner should have thrown the towel? I, I wouldn't have been mad if they had thrown it after the 10th. Shit, even maybe before that, to be honest with you. But certainly after the 10th. After he got knocked down, he looked bad. I mean, but you know, they want, he, he Wilder requested to get concussed. So, careful what you wish for. you think their first fight was the best of the trilogy considering it ended in a draw? No. Fury was more, this fight was much more exciting and both fighters brought more offense this time. What song do you prefer Fury sing next to? Whatever the fuck he wants, man. That guy's an original. How much more of a chance would Wilder have if he had better cardio? Better. I don't think that back half would have been so one-sided at all. Do you think Wilder really improved a lot? I do. I do. But again, you're talking about a level of improvement that is a meaningful increment, but just increment. It's not exponential. It's not a, it's, you understand, like, again, most of the time guys are so close that just a little bit of an edge, bam, that's all you need, right? That's just enough to beat the guy and beat many of your peers. Um, So. Adding these tactical changes, adding, cleaning some things up over the course of 20 months. Boy, that can do a lot, you know. But the problem is, on the other side of things, if the gap between you and your opponent is so large, and you're 35 years of age, it's, there's just not enough time. And there's not enough physical capacity, frankly. Does Wilder fight AJ next? AJ is going to fight Usyk next for the second time. Where does Fury go from here? I don't know if he even keeps fighting, to be honest with you. I think he will, but I don't. I think he wants to just beat all the top guys and then call it a day. Is there a possibility that Wilder comes out with an excuse as if to why he lost? Oh, I'm sure he will. Uh, I, You know, he, the fact that he didn't shake Tyson Fury's hand at the end of this tells me that he's probably going to have an excuse at the end of this one. Yeah, I'm afraid. Have you ever seen a heavyweight with the stamina of fury? Kane. Kane Velasquez. But that's a long time ago. Let me just say something too about heavyweight boxing versus MMA. This is what Brian Campbell and I are always trying to tell you folks. Like, dude, pound for pound, you know, whatever you're, if you're new to watching me, if you're a big boxing fan, please don't get offended by this. You know, fight to fight i prefer to watch mma over boxing just because it appeals to me a little bit more and again in general i think you get a little bit more action with your typical mma fight than you do your boxing fight but dude a big boxing main event in this case a heavyweight trilogy that played out the way that it did dude there's just nothing like that in mma and again it's a personal preference you might disagree and that's fine if you do but when you get you know seventh eighth ninth tenth round they're shorter rounds but the chapters in the book are much are they're richer and more significant. And the plot twists are so much more pronounced and, frankly, ubiquitous. And there's just a lot more drama that goes into it. There's just nothing like that, man. And, and, and by, almost by rules, uh, MMA can't really compete in that sense. Why do you think Tyson abandoned the fainting compared to the previous performances? Great question. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Someone says Wilder dictated things when he came out at the start with hard body shots. All the more reason to faint going forward. Not sit back and absorb them. And also, if you're just one note with him, like no, that's not the reason. Heavyweight boxing looks so sloppy to me compared to the lighter weights. I appreciate boxers like Mayweather and his skills so much. Besides the huge KO possibility, what am I missing? Everything. Oh, here's the end of the fight. Uppercut. Off a frame, oh, right hand after a left is what got him. Jesus Christ! Oh man! Taking super. I don't want to. There we go. Let's see. Yeah, missile with the left. Oh, along the fence line. Yeah, Russell Morris said he'd seen enough. Wow! 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 What's next for Wilder? He'll never get a rematch. I I tend to think I maybe he fights. Maybe he fights Ruiz. Maybe he's one of the European guys. This may be it for him, folks. That, that's also a possibility as well. All right, let me just double-check on something here. Um, what a fight. What a fight. Now, you might be asking, what about the other fights on the card? A Jagba versus Sanchez. Um, I think there was the Anderson and Tereshkin... As well as the, uh, the other fight I'm missing on the card. Um, oh, the Kovnatchki and uh, Hellenis uh, rematch, which was shocking. Helenus beat his ass. I mean, that wasn't even close. We'll get to all of that on Monday's Morning Combat. So on Monday, on Monday at 11 a.m. in the East, me, Brian Campbell, who's been on CBS Sports all night, we're going to get together. We're going to talk about this fight, and then on uh, Wednesday... I'm going to be in studio with him, and then Friday we're going to be in studio. So like next week's going to be great together. It's a big week next week. So let me just say, for the folks who watch, thank you so much. Thumbs up. Hit subscribe. Um, What did you think of the fight? Leave a comment. Let us know, and then join us together on 11 a.m. We'll recap all the weekend's boxing. We'll recap all the weekend's UFC for our MMA fans out there. We got a ton of stuff coming out. And of course, MK extra uh, credit. I'll get to all the fights from the MMA side that we didn't even get to on regular MK. So we got tons and tons of content coming your way. Please like and subscribe, like and subscribe. And thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. And uh, that's it for me. But until next time, get some sleep.